Hello and welcome everyone to the Ankylosing Spondylitis Reduce Your Pain podcast. For those of you that are new here, you will find that this podcast is filled with positivity and we have a message for you. And the message is that you can feel good again. You might not have to suffer from ankylosing spondylitis for the rest of your life. My name is Sky Denton. I'm the host and founder of the show. And it has been amazing to watch the audience grow and to have people consistently be benefiting from this show. Peter Winslow is on the show with me today and we discuss something very important. We begin the conversation by me asking him a question. And the question is this, how does someone with AS, how does someone with chronic pain live their life dealing with and managing that pain and not have it cause extra stress and have that extra stress begin to cause more pain and inflammation in the body? We know that emotional pain causes physical pain and physical pain causes emotional pain. This is something that we all deal with that have a yes. So listen closely to what Peter has to say regarding that. He also talks about the difference between good pain and bad pain. And there really is such a thing. Moving further down the conversation, we talk a little bit about how, of course, the pain is in the body and the inflammation is in the body. But chronic pain also has a large part to do with what our brain is doing. A lot of doctors around the world are looking for answers within the body themselves, the joints, the genes, and sometimes they overlook the brain. And in modern medicine, they have hugely overlooked the brain. So we talk about how pain is in the body, but the solution to the chronic pain, the solution to the AS symptoms and how they go away is in the brain itself and how the brain is processing, what the brain is doing. With that, I will let you jump right into the interview and I will catch you on the other side for a quick summary of the conversation. Hello, Peter. Good to see you again. Hey, Sky. It's great to be here once again with you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Today's conversation is really important and I'm really excited to get your input on it. And what it is, is I noticed during the times that I had a lot of pain, that the pain was stressful. It caused me to distress out about life and how difficult everything was for me to do. And the more pain I was in, the more stress I tended to be in as well. And you and I and the rest of the world are learning how important it is to bust stress. So what thoughts do you have for all of those people out there that are in a lot of physical pain from AS who know that it's important to bust their stress, but they're finding it difficult and frustrating to, to be in pain and to let stress go at the same time? Yeah, obviously that's the teaching that people have to be aware of and, and master some point in their lives because the signals that pain give us are telling us that something is incorrect. There's something out of place. There's something wrong here going on. That's what pain is, is a signal. So we can typify pain in two different ways. We can look at good pain and not good pain or bad pain, we could call it. So when you get a good workout in or you're an athlete and you have a great run or something, you're going to feel residual pain, but that's not necessarily bad or frustrating. It's just part of the process. 
It doesn't denote that something's wrong. In fact, it tells you that something's right. The lactic acid levels in your body are responding accordingly and you're feeling the results of your marathon endeavor. Bad pain is where it's injurious. And you know, it's like something telling you stop doing what you're doing. Like if you twist your ankle, you got to get off your ankle because the pain is so injurious that it's telling you to stop. And so you got to pay attention to that pain. So when it comes to chronic pain, this gets confusing. So people get frustrated by the pain that they're feeling. And then that frustration and stress just causes more pain. It's a feedback loop. So that's the ticket. That's what people want to get on top of. And that's what I teach them how to do in my classes. That's where we begin because what people need to recognize first and foremost is that stress is a mental condition that makes an effect on the physical body. And stress is what's causing chronic conditions like chronic illness and chronic pain and all the rest of it. It's stress related. In fact, 95% of doctor visits in North America are due to stress and stress-related illness. Almost everything like hypertension, uh, which is high blood pressure and heart disease and many, many other conditions are due to stress. And that's why your doctor tells you to uh, you know, relax and go on vacation or whatever and de-stress because that's about as much as they can tell you what to do from their perspective. So people have the power and the ability to learn how to do this for themselves and when they don't see the results that they want to see right away, it can be frustrating. I understand. So what I teach them to do is how to control stress by letting go of fighting with it. Because fighting stress is stressful. And what we resist persists, according to the Jungian dictate that says that very same thing. What we resist in life persists in life. So what we fight against fights back. So people have to know how to do this in order to overcome chronic pain in their bodies. There's more to it than that, but this is the, the first part. So in my Winslow Way for Recovery and Remission from AS, there's, it's a two-stage system. First stage is bust the stress because stress is what's causing the condition in the body. So we reverse that stress and then we move on to part two, which is repair the damage. And we do that by rewiring the brain through neuroplasticity, which is just a matter of changing your habits and your behaviors. So that's all this really boils down to. That's the mind-body approach to relief, recovery, and remission from ankylosing spondylitis and other pain, chronic pain conditions. Hmm. So yeah, this is important for people to understand. Yeah, but yeah, especially when you consider that, like you said, up to 95% of visits with people regarding health concerns is because of stress. 95%? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look it up okay. in the literature, you'll find that out. Yeah. So would you say that if more of those people stopped fighting the pain, that that 95% would become less because people's bodies would, would heal more? Well, you know where I stand on that. Absolutely, it's the case that when you stop fighting, you get relief. But our culture isn't built for that. Our culture is built to fight everything, you know, fight city hall, fight the pain, fight your neighbors, fight on the football field, fight, 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 fight. Mm -hmm. So that's what people are doing, especially when pain comes up, they want to fight it. And guess what? When you do that and you follow that practice, there is no cure. Mm -hmm. So let's do something different. Yeah. We eradicate the stress, let go of all that stress, that subconscious stress that's creating the conditions of imbalance 
an abnormality in the body, especially the immune system response. Release all that and then rewire the brain out of pain. That's what okay. works. And it's, again, it's a matter of your beliefs and your behaviors. So if you think about it, a diet is a belief and a behavior too. When people take up these diets, they change their beliefs about, you know, oh, this diet can help me. If I do this and that, it'll lead to less inflammation in the body. So they believe that. And then they change their behavior and they start eating according to their diet, you know, which is a change in behavior from what they were doing before. That's a change in belief and behavior that registers some temporary relief from pain. Of course, there's no cure there either, because if you come off the diet, then you're right back where you started. But if you can remove all the stress and the emotional burdens that are happening on the subconscious level where you're not aware of it, that's how you reverse the pain in the body. You reverse mm -hmm. the cause of the pain, I should say, more aptly. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. I think the one reason I was able to be so successful when I was studying with you is that I, I was able to adopt the mindset of letting go of the fight of AS pretty quickly. It's interesting because it's counterintuitive. It's very counterproductive. There's so many people trying to fight their way through everything in life. And I get it. It's hard. Like living with AS it can be hard not to feel like you have to fight your way through the pain and fight your way through the day because the AS seems to be slowing us down from what we'd like to otherwise be doing and how we'd otherwise like to be living. But the, but the relaxing piece is extremely important. Well, there's no healing without it. As mm -hmm. long as you're fighting, the war is never over and the stress never stops and the battle is never won. So you just keep fighting it for the rest of your life and then what, die? Yeah, it's what a lot of people are doing because they don't know that there's another way. And I remember you telling me something that was very good for me to hear. And you said, Sky, if you're fighting a, a war against yourself, who wins? That's what this is. People are fighting a battle against their own bodies. Mm -hmm. And ostensibly, although unknown to most, they're fighting against their own emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's where the doctors in modern medicine don't really go. They don't really venture there. They just look at the physical body and the physical body only. They don't take into account the emotional standpoint or the stress levels of the individual to the degree that they can do much about it. Maybe they can offer drugs and medications for temporary relief, but that's not a solution. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you're on it. The first thing to do is remove the cause of the condition, which is stress. And for people who are ready to do this, they'll recognize it immediately, what I'm saying. They'll understand that perfectly well. It's like, yeah, if I could just straighten out how I'm beating myself up and how bad I feel and the guilt and shame that I've harbored and that I've buried and forgotten about long since, if I could just let all that go, I know I'd feel better. And that's exactly right. And then you can get on with the business of rebuilding your, your brain and your body yeah. out of illness and into health. Yeah. I know you've seen this in your life and I've seen it in mine. I love it when someone comes to me and they're at the place that you just said, like, I know that I have stress. I know that I have suppressed emotions. I know this stuff isn't good for my health because that right there gives them the foundation to, to make changes to, like you said, like bust the stress and get on repairing their body and healing their life. And when they have that awareness of like, hey, there's a lot that I can do because I know I'm stressed out. 
it really sets them up well to live a better life moving forward. So those people are easy to work with and they get results really quickly. I actually got contacted by one of those people yesterday who's asked, who said that very thing. I know that what you're saying makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, but it's the people who don't know that they're sequestering and burying that stress and those painful emotions deep inside what we could call the pain body. And they're not aware of it. Those are the ones that are more confused and more frustrated with the process, no matter what their process is. If it's medications or diets or mind-body awareness, they remain frustrated because they don't know that they're in stress. In fact, most of my clients will come to me and I'll work with them for a while and they'll say, I never realized I had all that crap mm -hmm. that I was carrying. <laughs> I thought I dealt with it long ago. Even my assistant Vivian, who came to me for help originally, said that same thing. She didn't, she didn't think she had anything to work on emotionally. Yeah, except the death of her son and the divorce of her marriage and the uh, loss of her home. Yeah, that's a lot of buried emotion. Yeah. In fact, it had a lot to do with her pain. Body just follows the mind. So yeah, she got out of pain and out of suffering and the rest took place naturally. Mm -hmm. Then she wanted to be a part of this movement that we're doing with the Winslow Way and remission and recovery from AS. And so she signed on as my volunteer and then became my executive assistant. Yeah. So that's what happens with all, a lot of the people that I work with. They all wanna spread this around. Once they get you know, past their conditions and they're out of pain and they're feeling good about who they are and what they've learned, they wanna share with others. They wanna be coaches too. Isn't that your situation? Exactly. Yeah, I came through such a crippling case of ankylosing spondylitis and realize, wow, if I can do it, like how many other people can do it? Cause I'm not necessarily super special. I was willing to change beliefs and I had your support and your guidance and voila, <laughs> you know, it didn't take all that long. And, and yes, I've, it's one of the biggest passions I have in life. Absolutely. Is helping other people, especially that have AS because I understand it so well, as do you. And it's brutal. This is a tough nut to crack, man. Chronic pain of AS. My God, I had it for 10 years. I just lived with the pain day after day after day after day, year after yeah. year. So in those days, in the 1980s, when I had those symptoms, there was nobody who could support me. There was no coaching for it. There was no medical solutions for sure. I mean, they said they could give me painkillers, but I couldn't really afford them. And I didn't have insurance in those days. And they, the, the solution that was offered to me by my uh, orthopedic surgeon who made the diagnosis was to remove my vertebral discs. That could offer some temporary relief. And if I'd had the money or the insurance, I would have done it. I bet. Because pain discs. is such a motivator. Yeah, right. anything to make the pain stop. Anything. Well, I did so, it through mind and body. Yeah. And what a great thing that you did. Because like what your life looks like now compared to who you would have been if they took out all your discs, you know, you oh, become be a bodybuilder dead. for one. <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, and I, I understand it. There were days that I would have given everything in my bank account or everything up in my life for one day without pain. I just wanted to not be in pain. And there are millions of people out there who are suffering like this. Yeah. You need to get the word. There is so, help. There is help. There is absolutely help. 
So I want to jump back to something, Peter. You talked about good pain versus bad pain. And so literally millions, possibly tens of millions or more of people in the world have AS and they're in pain. How would you, at this point in your life as a coach, how would you classify pain from AS? Would you classify it as good pain or bad pain? Bad pain. Now, it does have a redeeming side, and there's a factor of it there that we can use to our benefit, and that's it's telling us to change something, and what it's telling us to change is that buried stress and pain that we're carrying emotionally. So in that way, it's giving a signal. Pain is a signal. Pain is a communication from body to mind. But saying, if it's bad pain, saying, don't do that. You know, you stick your hand in the fire. It hurts. It's painful. Wow. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. So that would be an example of bad pain that tells you something redeeming, you know, not to hurt yourself anymore. Good pain is where you're feeling growing pains of, uh, you know, exercise or personal growth or whatever it might look like for you in your life. So it's both of these. And we want to recognize what that is. Like I work out still every day of my life and I'm sore most days. Is that bad? Is that wrong? Does that mean I should quit and go lay on the couch? Of course not good pain mm-hmm. telling me that this is working that I'm, I'm doing my workouts properly and that I'm getting the residual results that I'm intending for so that's the good signal and that's what we get with what I call good pain so don't mistake that for chronic illness chronic pain is a condition in the brain and they're trying to find the, the, the solution in the body by removing my vertebral discs for instance that would be a looking for a solution in the body to the, to the pain that's happening in the brain. It's the wiring of the brain. There's many studies on this. I've written about it in two of my books. I've, in one of my books, particularly Help for People with AS, I cite all those studies that tell us about, you know, what we're talking about here with the, with the science. Studies yeah. that say that chronic pain is a, is a brain function. So you rewire the brain, the chronic pain goes away. You do that through your behaviors changing what you're believing and doing. So that takes us into um, Winslow's Habits That Heal, number 18, which is the one that I'd like to discuss today. Cool. I've got it right here. Winslow's Habits That Heal, lesson number 18. Free your mind. Freeing yourself from a negative mindset happens naturally when you accept that the only thing chaining you to it and its misery is a matter of what you focus on. Stop fighting with what you do not want and focus your full attention on what you truly desire. Then watch with excitement as your health, your happiness, and your world change for the better. Yes, does that make sense to you? It does, it does make sense. That's exactly what you helped me do with my time coaching with you. I had a lot of negative mindsets that was important for me to free myself from. The negative mindsets were around stress, who I was in the world, not thinking I was good enough, being really hard on myself. And then once I was diagnosed with AS, the negative mindsets probably became even stronger. And my whole relationship with with AS was really, really negative. So when I freed myself from those, 
it was a matter of changing my focus, of putting my full attention, as you say, on what I truly desired. And it didn't happen overnight. It was a little bit at a time, you know, 1% today, 1% tomorrow and, and moving up. And I was able to watch as my health, my happiness, my world, my body, my mind, all changed for the better. And I was definitely one of those people that did not think I was necessarily in a lot of stress. You, we talked about earlier how some people, like you had someone yesterday who gets on the phone with you and they're like, hey, I know what you're saying is true. I've had a couple things happen in my life that are hard. I know I have stress and like, let's work with that. I was not one of those people. I was just feeling really bad about myself and who I was in the world. Like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't blah, blah, blah enough. And I was angry about AS. So by having your support and your guidance and shifting my attention, that is how I changed my health, my happiness, my body, my mind, everything. So I want you to uh, recount now, how did you feel when you were angry and fighting it? What was the relief? What, how did that help you? didn't I was tired I was chronically fatigued I was I was not in a happy place so I don't I don't I mean I can't see looking back in a way that it helped me I just didn't know what else to do exactly and so many people are doing exactly that they're fighting with it they're frustrated they're worn out they're tired they're disgusted and it all boils down to the emotional pain that they're carrying and the body following that pain to its logical conclusion in the tissues. That's what chronic pain is. It's emotional in origin. I learned that from Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, who does a lot of work in this field. Mm -hmm. And I took seminars and uh, classes with him back in the nineties. And he talked about, for instance, the fact that a lot of people with chronic illnesses suffer with depression and other conditions as well. And he said, he has the solution and antidote for depression. And of course, everybody's like, whoa, how do you do that? And he said, modern medicine will tell us they don't know what causes depression, but they know how to treat and intercede with medical interventions that help with the signals in the brain and the neurotransmitters and polypeptides and so forth that are exchanged in the neurons of the brain. They know how to manipulate that situation, but they don't know what causes depression. He said, I know what causes depression. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he had all our attention in that class, he told us what you're thinking about is what causes depression. So it's simple. that simple. <laughs> what are you thinking? What are you focused on? What are you thinking about? And then, of course, we have the difference between conscious thinking, like what you and I are doing right now in the beta level of communication, where we're speaking and, and we know we're concentrated on and focused on. But then there's subconscious focus as well that we're not aware of because it's subconscious. We're not conscious of it. We're not aware of it. And that's what you were dealing with. You weren't, you weren't equating how you felt bad about who you were and that you're not enough and that you could have done better and why me and all the rest of the victimization attitude that comes along with that. That's what you were focused on subconsciously. Mm -hmm. The body just carries out the commands. The body just goes ahead and tries to make you right. 
Mm-hmm. That's why people get into chronic conditions. Now, there can be exceptions to every rule. I mean, if you live next to a nuclear plant that has a meltdown, yeah, that's going to cause issues that isn't just created by your mental and emotional stress. But mental and emotional stress will make you suffer more. Anyway, we're not talking about nuclear meltdowns. <laughs> <laughs> emotional you know, meltdowns, yes. Yeah, I mean, it kind of comes back a little bit full circle, though, because being in crippling pain from AS can cause a nuclear meltdown in the mind with, with anger, with, with frustration, with like, you asked how it served me when I was really angry. And I like the one thing that keeps coming up is just how tired I was. I was just tired and everything became a burden. And I know that a lot of other people feel like that. And so I did. Yeah, I believe it. Absolutely, man. It was getting worse and worse, harder and harder with every month. Yeah. Year after year, I was to the point where I was ready to pull the trigger. Uh-huh. And then I found my spiritual center and the guidance I needed from internal sources within me, where I got faith, joy, and love instituted within my being before I looked for solutions to my pain. And that led me in the direction that solved the pain. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the first thing I asked you was what does someone do when they have a lot of physical pain and they're realizing it's causing a lot of emotional pain or stress as well. And maybe we'll save this more for an in-depth discussion another time, but, but whether they found a spiritual center, like what you just said, or they find support or they find something to believe in their, their focus shifted. Uh, just as yours did, just as my mine did, and so it really comes back to your Winslow's habit that heals. Of a shift of focus is one of the most primary and important things that we can begin doing. What are you thinking about? Like Bruce Lipton asked, "What are you focused on?" That's what you're going to see more of in your life. That's a success principle that applies to all your relationships and your career track and your health and wellness and your finances and all of it. What are you focused on? Are you, keep, are you keeping yourself focused on what you don't want? That's fear-based. When you're fear-based, that creates stress. Stress creates imbalances in the body, which leads to negative immune response. The negative immune response leads to inflammation in the body, which causes pain. And you're just trying to put a Band-Aid over the pain by taking a drug. That's what most people are, you know, that's what they think that's their only option. Or then they go into those austere diets and that gets harder and harder to maintain as the time goes by. And eventually they want to eat regular food again. But they're deathly afraid of the pain. People are living in fear of the pain. So that's stress. That Mm -hmm. fear causes the stress. It creates more pain and inflammation in the body. So what to do? Do something different. Quit fighting it. Follow the habits that heal. Follow the coaching that we give you. Make peace with yourself. When I said I found that that spiritual center within me, I just found myself. I found who I really am. And that gave me a lot of confidence and abilities to be able to work my way out of the situation I was in in life. I had a lot, I was homeless. I had alcohol dependency. I was, you know, terribly angry all the time and moving from place to place, you know, moving in with somebody else and getting kicked out of there within a couple of months and back on the streets. And I did that for the first four years of my AS. 
that 10-year period. I know what it's like. I'm not a guy who just read about this in my medical training and says, okay, here's how we treat this with bioidentical drugs. Go home and good luck. And I'm not picking on the medical community. They're just not trained otherwise. This is an emotional substrate. Emotional pain leads to stress. Stress leads to imbalance in the systems. That imbalance in the systems leads to negative immune response, which leads to inflammation and pain in the body, <laughs> in the house the Jack built. And the cycle goes on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So with that right there, you, you just put a lot of closure onto exactly what the goal of today's podcast was. So we can end it there. I wanna thank you for your time, Peter. Your, your wisdom in this field is helping countless people across the world. I enjoy these conversations and I get to continue to learn from you and with you as we, as we build these networks that are helping people all over the place. So thank you. Well, we're helping people all around the world, Sky, and thank you for doing your part in getting the word out. I very much appreciate this platform, so thank you for providing it. Yeah, you're welcome. We'll see you again in two weeks, same place. Okay, see you then. Cool, see ya. Okay, welcome back. A pretty fast and short conversation today, but within it, there's a lot of information. Think about good pain versus bad pain and how that might be affecting you in your life. I know from my personal experience working with Peter, my entire relationship with pain in general was of, that it was bad. And I was willing to change, as you know, and learn and grow and do whatever it took to, to let go of AS and to move forward, reclaiming my life entirely from that disease. And part of it was understanding that there is such a thing as good pain. For me, good pain was exercise. Good pain was movement. Good pain was that lactic acid buildup in my muscles. And when that would happen, I knew that I was using my body in a way that was making it stronger. So that's good pain. AS, as Peter said, is bad pain, but it's also the kind of pain that can go away. Winslow's habits that heal number 18. Think about that one as you move forward in your day and what you're focused on. Again, one of the major themes you'll find in this show is that we do talk about what we are focused on mentally. Because what we are focused on mentally impacts what's happening in our body physically. This is the missing piece that has likely been missing in your health protocol that no one else has told you. So it is this mental focus component that is so so important to understand. That's why we keep coming back to it. And in conclusion, regarding the mindset piece, think about this, what we become focused on in life is what we see more of. So if someone with AS is focused on all the problems of that disease, they're focused on all the pain, all the way that the pain gets in the way of everything that they wanna do in life, all the ways that their life is bad and negative and hard, they're telling their brain to find more of it. That's what happens here. So the brain does. The brain listens to what we ask of it. Shifting focus, learning to think about pain differently, learning to think about AS differently is what allows the brain to begin looking for answers that can lead to 
lessening or entirely healing from chronic pain and inflammation. That's what I've done. That's what Peter's done and many more as well. So what you are focused on in life, you're going to find more of in the world. When you have questions, you can contact me at skydenton.com and you can contact Peter at asvictors.com. And with that, everyone wishing you the best in your recovery from pain, in you reclaiming your life from ankylosing spondylitis and moving forward, living well, having fun and really enjoying your life. Thank you for listening. I will see you again very soon.